Every spring, gray whales migrate along the West Coast on a 12,000-mile round trip from Mexico to Alaska. Since early 2019, an unusual mortality event has reduced their population, with many whales apparently dying from lack of food. But researchers in Washington have identified a small group of gray whales that return to Puget Sound every year in what seems to be a survival strategy. Nicknamed the Sounders, they engage in a risky feeding maneuver in the tidelands around Whidbey and Camino Islands. KNKX environment reporter Bellamy Palethorpe has the story. At Taiyi Beach on the southeastern shore of Camino Island on a recent Saturday, the carcass of a gray whale lies washed up near a private beachside community. There's a remodeling project underway in one house, and people seem to be just going about their business, despite the huge creature stranded about 20 feet offshore. You can see it resting on the bottom near a couple of boats and buoys floating in the waves. Flying on its side, and I think you can see its eye upturned. Definitely not alive. And when the wind blows in this direction, you definitely smell it. It stinks to high heaven, according to the people down the beach. Glenn Brecklin and his wife Martha have come out for a look. He says it's been drifting along the shore, and just yesterday it was in front of their house. And we were hoping it wouldn't get caught in the buoys right out in front. And the tide brought it down here. Despite some sadness at seeing this dead whale, the Brecklins say it's just part of life here. Martha says they love to whale watch and sometimes see as many as five at a time feeding right offshore. Oh, yes. We've seen more this year than we've seen in a long time. It's just fun to go watch them. They come in and they feed. And it's funny watching them swim sideways. You just see the one side fin and part of the tail as they're digging into the mud for ghost shrimp. Funny looking, then they roll over and blow and then they go back and do more. Oh yes, we've seen it many times. They roll on their side and they come into water that is sometimes no deeper than they are thick. Howard Garrett is a co-founder of the Whidbey Island-based Orca Network and the Langley Whale Center. You know, they can come into six or eight feet of water, and that's about how wide a gray whale is. So when they're on their side, their flukes and their pectoral fins are out in the air. And there's a risk of stranding if they don't time it right with the tides. He says this intriguing behavior is unique to a small group of whales that scientists and locals have dubbed the Sounders. For about 30 years now, they've been observed every spring taking a detour from the coastal migration route to the tidelands of North Puget Sound where they feed on ghost shrimp that burrow beneath the sand. The Sounders are made up of a core group of about 12 known individuals that have been numbered and cataloged. Their number seems to be growing a little bit. So these few, very few out of about 20,000 or so that are out in the Pacific know that this is where they can grab a good snack, hang out for a month or so, fill up and then continue up to the Bering Sea. In their wake, they leave marks in the sand that locals call whale pits. They're visible in springtime at low tide. And you can see what would be just sort of flat mud, sandy mud, is marked with all these little potholes that are maybe eight or ten feet across. Garrett says gray whales are easily overshadowed by the charisma of local orcas or humpbacks, but they've gained appreciation in recent years as people learn about their risky feeding strategy. They are very courageous the way they come into these very shallow mud flats. It's a skill they have to learn, and the ones that don't know how don't eat. 
We have some that straggle in here. They don't know how to use this banquet table and sometimes they don't make it. Out on the water, finding evidence of gray whales is harder. Naturalist Jill Hine says that even on a clear day, you have to scan the surface for blows that will shoot up 10 to 15 feet above the sound. Gray whales don't show a lot of themselves. They don't have a dorsal fin, they have a dorsal bump. First, we find the carcass of the gray whale I had seen the weekend before, the skin on its bloated body now peeling off. Hein says it's probably a newcomer who hadn't yet mastered the skill of scooping ghost shrimp from the shallows. It's not a known whale, not one of our sounders at least. We motor on, continuing our elusive quest. We meet a kayaker who says he saw five gray whales earlier heading southwest. We head in that direction, and after several hours of looking and nearly giving up, we finally see a blow far ahead of us near the shoreline. That was a nice look at his head. It disappears. We idle, waiting to see where it'll go, and suddenly the whale appears right in front of our boat and flukes, its huge tail emerging briefly before it dives beneath the wave. You hear that? Oh, I think that's dumb nut. Oh, shoot! Oh, no. Did you get it? I took my camera down. I think it's dumb nut. She confirms his identity using photos to compare the unique scar patterns and markings left by barnacles on his skin. Dubnuck number 44 is her favorite sounder. We spend the next half hour watching him feed intently on his side, swiftly working the shallow water along the shoreline. His body mostly submerged, just part of his fluke bobbing along. Not the kind of whales that are going to be jumping and breaching and doing all kinds of fancy stuff, but they're just special because we know them. They're familiar when they come back and say, oh good, 531's here, 49 isn't here, where is he? You know, we become attached to them. That familiarity is thanks to three decades of work by John Kalambakidis, a research biologist and founder of Cascadia Research in Olympia. He discovered the first pair of sounders and their distinctive feeding behavior in 1990. He says Dubnuck was first seen in 1991, meandering around South Puget Sound near Olympia. Almost wandering around, and it wasn't until he seemed to arrive in that northern Puget Sound area around Whidbey Island, obviously ran into some of the other sounder gray whales and stayed there and started feeding there. And now every year he knows to come back just to that spot. We don't see him wander around anywhere makes a beeline right for that spot, and then when they leave, they disappear out of the area. Not all gray whales who attempt this succeed, but Kalambakita says they've noticed an increase in the number of newcomers who try during unusual mortality events, like the one that's going on now. These are linked to a lack of food for gray whales, perhaps because of the warming Arctic waters where they normally feed. What impresses him is that all of the known sounders who show up here year after year have survived the mass die-offs. The whales that we started documenting in 1990-91 have now been through two unusual mortality events. And what's remarkable is their degree of longevity and survival of that. And I think that's a testament that this is a really successful strategy for them. Kellen Bakitas says in the 30 years since he started studying these whales, his opinion of them has shifted radically. He used to think of them as extremely regimented, feeding only on tiny crustaceans in the Arctic. He now thinks they're incredibly adaptive because he's seen the sounders go more than 150 miles out of their way and master the timing of the tides to discover a new source of food. 
Bellamy Palethorpe, KNKX News. You can find the story along with some amazing photos at knkx.org.